Hi, this is Becca Benjamin from Kanata's Castle and Tarkin's Top Shelf, and you are listening to the Rebel Base Card Podcast. Great pull, kid. Isn't that what you're after? You've seen the show, and like us, you have questions. Ooh, that was a good one, but try this one on for size. No question should be left off your list. Whoa, 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 I got a crazy theory, but hear me out. But you better have some spares. Oh, that was one of mine. All right, let's do this instead. With me, as always, is my friend and Card Squadron winger. This is Greg Cass, a.k.a. Ion Cannon. We've recorded at home and across the U.S. Last summer, we were from the Boston Common. This week, we're in Chicago. This is day three of celebration. The show has had many names, but the purpose is the same. Let's share some time at the table. Ding, ding, it's time for breakfast. Welcome to The Breakfast Pack, a Rebel Base Card micro podcast series. A Star Wars insert podcast series that asks more questions than it answers. This time, between Star Wars shows. And that's why we call this Breakfast Pack Hot Stove or Hot Stove Breakfast Pack, depending upon which artwork you download. Yeah, that's about right. So today we are asking questions on the Bad Batch Season 3 trailer released sometime last week. Uh, I did not get the exact date. Um, joining me for this Disney Plus Star Wars off-season chat, once again, is my co-host and card squadron winger, Gregory Cass from IonCanon.com. Greg, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> <clears throat> the Bad Batch is back, so you're gonna be in trouble. Hey, nah, hey, nah, the Bad Batch is back. Hi, Greg, it's good to be here, <laughs> good to see you, even if it's just on Zoom. I am so glad that we get to talk about this trailer. Uh, it hit on a day that I was busy in the office, so our good friends went crazy and talked about it all <laughs> over the place, and I didn't see it till everybody was kind of done chatting about it. And They're a good group of people, so I know they would have accepted whatever I wanted to say eight hours after the fact, but I'm excited to save it all for the air because who needs friends when you can make content right exactly exactly <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm very happy you committed to the singing bit i appreciate that um <clears throat> ross would be so proud of us um and you know it was fun because i know that there was the excitement in the group uh when it came out and uh it was fun to be on the, the colby cast episode 142 um, the only thing I can never remember is that Colby cast one word or two words, but, uh, at any rate, you can find it in your podcast feed. It was fun. Uh, the excitement was there. And I like the fact that the excitement is back for the bad batch because as longtime listeners know, that was the dance that brought us, uh, brought us, you know, together. Mm. And, you know, it's when I'm sitting here thinking now of like, it's going to be a 15 episode season, spoilers, um, but, you know, how many more times, at least in the short term, are we going to get a program that's this long? Mm. I, you know, it's, it's a very good question. And I think that naturally makes me think of the next animated show. And True. yet I don't think that's a given. Um, Tales of the Jedi, very successful. They're, they're going to have a second season. But that's kind of it's almost like the prestige cable version where you you do, you know, six episodes. I think they did the mm -hmm. first season um, and not the kind of marathon, you know, 22, which one of these seasons was, I believe. Right. Um, so I, I, I do think as much as the, the streaming era has given to us, I think we are seeing them pull back a little bit. So I'd be surprised if this is 
uh, if this isn't the longest season of Star Wars for a nice long time to come. Yeah, because what even Visions was like, what, nine, ten episodes? But they dropped Mm. more or less. Didn't they drop again all at the same time for season two? Yeah, I think it was more of the binge model than than this kind of weeks. And um, it was really funny. Uh, We are recording this, obviously, at the beginning of February. um, And hearing everybody's year-end shows where they're reminiscing about the year, you remember when Bad Batch and Mando overlapped, and it was like everybody was sharing their war stories. Like, you remember? (laughs) We had to watch one and then the other and then record 17 shows. And, um, and, like, it's such an embarrassment of riches for us Star Wars fans, and, and we've had so much great content over the last couple of years. Um, but, but it is kind of, you know, I think people are waking up to bad batch and I, especially once this final season is all available, I suspect we'll see the stock on bad batch rise a little because, um, a lot of people put it at their favorite for the year, even above Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. Last year. Yeah. And also the fact that, you know, clearly I think bad batch, well, okay. I shouldn't say clearly, uh, from what it sounds like right now, it looks like Bad Batch has the place to itself. You know, Echo, they didn't mm-hmm. even bother releasing Echo week to week. It was five and done. Um, so it, it felt like, you know, that could have maybe ha- had helped a little bit, especially, you know, considering that Bob Iger is out on a street corner, you know, with a tin cup going, you know, we'll, you know, we'll create content for money. Um, but uh <laughs> Well, there goes the takedown now. Darn it. Well, this is the great, the last episode of the, uh, of, of the Breakfast Pack. But, you know, it's interesting that, you know, we still don't have any kind of release dates for uh, the Acolyte or for, what's the other one? Why do I keep Skeleton doing? Crew. Skeleton Crew. Uh, that's, a ba- that's a bad omen. That's the second time I think I've forgotten about mm-hmm. the Skeleton Crew. Um, so, or some of the others. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, no Tops release is announced for Star Wars as of this Ooh, recording. So... A lot of stuff being held. How dare you make this a a trading card podcast? How dare you? Uh, No. (laughs) Um, Well, and we just heard, I don't know if you caught, Diego Luna was on a red carpet for the Emmys, and uh, that was the second week of January, and he said he had one week left on Andor season two. So that's in the can, and who knows how long it will take him to, uh, you know, do the effects and everything. But, uh, you know, we've got, there's still a lot of Star Wars to come let alone these things called movies. I guess they're mm. going to try Star Wars in movie theaters. I don't know. We'll see if that works out for them. Well, and, and considering that you do, we do probably, I expect that the Phantom Menace in May will probably get re-released to theaters and that'll be a fun time. But I would also say that one thing I liked about this, you know, we would do this, the breakfast packs while the show is running, and sometimes we do like a recap afterwards. But I do like, you know, like the hot stove, and maybe we'll have to have a cold stove or, you know, cold plate or something uh, in between, so that way we get you back on, in between um, all the work, great work you're doing on the the Long Take uh, podcast with Jen Subchakchai, because y'all got some busy Oscar seasons going. I saw your list. Um, <laughs> is there a quick update? How close are you it. to finish? Finishing that list. Uh, I... Uh, I see went through the hardest part of the list. So so listeners, if you don't know, I watch every single movie nominated for an Oscar each year. I think we've mentioned this in previous years. I am just wrapping up the available documentaries, and that is the hardest part of the list because they are 
incredibly sad. It was uh, the first 20 days of the war in the Ukraine. It was a couple dealing with the man suffering from Alzheimer's. It was uh, on and on and on, all these like tragic stories. So I'm through that. I have five uh, feature films left to see and uh, 10 short, nope, nine uh, short uh, shorts, the, you know, the 10 to 20 minute or so pieces so it'll be done i have till march 10th and and that's plenty of time that's over a month and a half it's just getting some of these uh foreign releases to come out in the ups or sorry in the u.s or figuring out how to uh use uh legal vpn software to make it clear i'm in canada so i can watch them on (laughs) canadian youtube so but we'll get there. We'll figure it out. All above board. I pay for everything. Don't anybody send this to Bob Iger. <laughs> well, and also above board is how just good um, Jen's podcast is. And, of course, the long take on Substack. Uh, you know, the deep, the deep dive into the Golden Globes and all that and, you know, the Oscar predictions and all that. So it's serious stuff. If you like film, mm-hmm. uh, give the podcast a listen because on occasion you'll hear a familiar couple of voices. Um, at any rate. However, <laughs> if you are joining us for the first time, this is an insert series podcast in the regular feed where Greg and I and sometimes a cast of others will trade questions to you that we haven't talked about before, which means there is a chance, like a fantasy draft, to swipe one another's questions, so you better have some spare questions. Or, hey, a kooky theory does hold a lot of weight. This is not Coffee with Kenobi, uh, so we're, we can put on the tinfoil hat just like they do over at uh, Cantina Cast. And I will remind anyone, if you haven't seen the trailer for Bad Batch, okay, to be honest, you're not missing much. However, comma, this is a warning that there are going to be some spoilers for that trailer. If you haven't watched yet, we invite you to please watch the trailer and come on back and download us and listen to it again because it'll probably make a little more sense. All right, Greg, I am going to give you the floor. What is your first question? Uh, Let's go incredibly broad first. And I just want to hear from you. How are you feeling about the approach of not only a new full season of Bad Batch, but the final season of Bad Batch? Hmm. So before we get into specifics, like you watch this trailer, you're thinking of the journey we've been on. Uh, How are you feeling? Uh, That's a good question. You know, when I was kind of rewatching, you know, I, I kind of we talked before off mic that I was rewatching the last episode of the Bad Batch, and in, you know, spoilers for season two of the Bad Batch. Uh, you know, if you're hey, if this is if this is your kind of thing, uh, we're gonna take that, we're gonna take it there. But I, you know, very choked up at the end of that, and I've forgotten how much it hit me. And I would say that, you know, I always think that's a good indication for a series if it kind of gets you in the feels. You know, I kind of harken back to Rebels, which you know, one of the other ones that kind of had that beginning, middle, and end. And you could say the same thing for the final, final season of The Clone Wars. But, you know, I think we kind of came from wondering whether or not that these characters could carry a series, now let alone a series of, you know, multiple episodes. But, you know, you really kind of got wrapped up in seeing, you know, in seeing tech, you know, die again uh, really kind of hit you. And then, of course, you know, Omega wakes up and she's really distraught and trying to figure out how to get back. And then, you know, you see Hemlock and all that. And it's, you know, it's really, they. it was a great setup for this season. And, you know, although it's sad that, you know, it couldn't keep going on because I think also you get some of the history of, you know, post-Clone Wars 
of you know where the empire's at in its early days beyond the no from uh, revenge of the sith <laughs> you know you do want to kind of you, you do you do figure that these characters do have you know they don't have an infinite arc and i do want to kind of see what happens to omega and you know maybe i'll trade that four or five season to go you know all right i got a feeling they'll wrap some things up and we should probably get some answers but how about yourself yeah to my standard line for television shows in particular is that i like whenever the creators get to finish the story on their terms and you know we're obviously not privy to all the behind the scenes whatever's but it feels like the creators at least knew that these 15 episodes were going to be the end and could plan out the story arc to be that way. And, you know, I think Rebels is the perfect example. Clone Wars kept kind of it was kind of shut off by surprise and then it kept kind of springing back and kind of getting half told. We still get a trickle of old Clone Wars content sometimes. But it really feels like, you know, this is one where they said, let's have three seasons worth of story and let's tell that story and, and be be done with it. And um, I was struck when you were just uh, saying that, you know, you were you're right to say we didn't know if they could handle a whole show. We also, I think, thought it would be really on the periphery of the galaxy. And, and it seems like no matter what story they want to tell in Star Wars and animation, it comes right back to, you know, <laughs> the emperor and the the center story. And, you know, resistance seemed like it was going to be out there on a on a mining platform with racers and then kind of became very much the first order and, and the main plot line of the sequel trilogy. So it's interesting that we've again seen these characters that we assumed would be in hiding, not doing much come to what the Emperor says in this trailer is the most important mission for the survival of the Empire. And so I I think that's a really interesting thing. But, um, you know, I don't think they're shutting down Lucasfilm animation. I think they will keep churning out things like Tales of the Jedi and, you know, perhaps a, a, another successor series. Um, I think there are a lot of smart people and this is the kind of content that does really well on Disney plus. Um, I think if, if they can keep the costs down kind of the way resistance had a, a little simplistic art style, then these shows do well and they do numbers and they let you create lots of books. I mean, uh, we've talked before, my kids are really into the young Jedi adventures. They can crank out those episodes very cheap <laughs> and crank out the toys. And my, my, daughter just picked a little golden book uh, of the young jedi adventures and all this stuff and and like that matters that's the kind of content disney's known for and what they want to keep making so i don't think we've seen the end of star wars animation or even animation for adults so it's it's okay to me if the batch uh gets to go out and blaze a glory <laughs> uh, and you know it's kind of interesting to see just you know you go back to the ezra and kanan situation of like all right here are characters that yes there are new characters and there are other new characters in the series but these were particularly kinds of characters that you didn't really see or at least you thought you didn't see in a new hope and so you kept wondering i kept wondering i'm like well you know when when one one or both of these characters going to taste their own blood um and part of that you kind of go well we've already seen you know i think by killing tech off you kind of say like, all right, this is for reals. We're playing for keeps on this one. And, and I think it it does set a tone and kind of keep you a little bit on edge as far as like, well, I don't think anyone's safe. And, you know, they could go where it hurts the most. 
Um, but uh, I don't I don't mind that. I think you know, like I said, the animation they're very they're very good at it, and I'm sure they're very efficient at doing it. And so the cost is down. So you know, it'll it'll be interesting to see. But you know, I it, it's interesting. It's a very dark tone as well. Mm. All right. So you're saying they could go full Rogue One? I think that's what they call the the yeah. darkest of all endings, right? So <laughs> that's not the first time I, I've heard that, but yeah, I do think that you know, full on Rogue One is definitely on the table. I, I would say I, I agree with that. You know, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take part of this, and I know um, I know there'll be more talk, but I wanted to phrase the question this way to get it in the conversation because I think it's a good segue from your question. Would you have rather, and I asked this in the previous one, would you have rather Asajj Ventress not been in the trailer and to be surprised? <laughs> because obviously her inclusion is quite the surprise, not only in the trailer, but in the story as well. How do you feel from watching that and you know doing the rewatches for this? How do you feel about her being in there rather than discovering her later on down the line? Oh, this is a question I ask a lot about movie trailers because they are doing that kind of devil's bargain of we have to give you enough to make you want to come to the theater and yet we need to preserve some kind of surprise as a part of that. Um, and I think Marvel has struggled quite a bit <laughs> with that of late. Um, you know, I think they, you know, the just before the Marvels was released in theaters, they made it clear that Valkyrie, This is these are all spoilers, but it was in the commercials. They made it clear Valkyrie was in the movie. And I think the clear message was, if you thought this was not connected to everything else in the MCU, you, you can't skip this one. You got to do this one. And so I see the Ventress thing in much the same way. There is, I'm sure, a group of fans who said, I like the Clone Wars. I like the Jedi. I like all of that. But... I didn't follow the troopers and I, you know, Disney has parsed that data down into the millimeter. I'm sure with Disney plus uh, viewership to know how many people have finished rebels and not gone on to bad batch or clone wars and gone on to bad batch. So I don't think that went into the storytelling decision to bring Asajj back, but into the trailer decision, I'm sure that was a part of it. And it was, right. let's make it clear that if some star Wars fans have skipped this, that's, that's a mistake. So I understand it, but I'm not dodging your question. I would have, <laughs> you know, been throwing my 5 a.m. cup of coffee. I, I don't know if we know if this is going to come out in the evening like Ahsoka did. Hopefully it does. But I would have been throwing it in the air and, and freaking out if all of a sudden she popped up on screen. And so I think it's a little bit of a, a shame. It doesn't get to be the kind of Baby Yoda surprise. But um, I think... Lucasfilm understands that you got to market the shows and also like if they want some uh, fans want the surprise and they want the action figure the next morning at Target. And <laughs> those things are directly opposed to each other, because if the merchandise has the, the knowledge, it will leak out somewhere and that, you know, it's a, a Lego set picture yeah, from I was gonna the say, ask German Lego. catalog or, or something, but or an Amazon listing with no photos. So it always leaks out. So I I think this is just a sign that they want to make sure that kids can get their Asajj Ventress Lego sets and action figures. So I imagine Ashley Eckstein and all the other Star Wars fashion people have had the key art on her for a little while. <laughs> and so they want to get the word out so they could start doing those packages up. 
All right. All right. What's your next question there, sir? Um, here's another kind of big, broad one. Based on this trailer, do you think these 15 episodes are going to be one big story? Or are we still going to get the kind of standalone adventure of the week, mini arc type styles of episodes? What do you think? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, you know what? I didn't um, just to reiterate because I know you, you kind of gave me a look. Uh, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right." I didn't, I didn't, I didn't tell you what uh, my <laughs> thoughts were. I would have probably preferred her not to be in the trailer. So I'm going to say um, uh, whether or not that's in agreement with you or not, um, based on your answer. But I would say that I would probably prefer. I think because being you know when you're in a lifelong you know like relationship with with a, with a franchise like star wars i'll take it no matter what um it would have been an interesting it would have really been interesting to have seen that as a surprise uh i am kind of curious when those early mornings if they're going to do mornings or nighttime releases uh where in the uh, cast household uh does the morning you know it, mobile watch do, do, does it happen in the in the batch cave as i think i'm going to start dubbing it uh or does it happen <laughs> in in the bed on the mobile phone does it happen in the kitchen uh, I am kind of curious where those early mornings started when that's what we're forced to do. Um, but well, I can tell you this is not an endorsement for your former employee, the <laughs> employer. Sorry, but uh, when I learned that you can tether your AirPods to your Apple TV, that blew my morning viewings wide open because I can go down to the living room and put it on the big HD TV and have the sound in my ears. And it sounds pretty darn good. And you get some of those whispers that you, you wouldn't if you had the volume down way too low. So so if it's early morning, I'm I'm on the couch or jumping off the couch with each surprise, uh, <laughs> but have it uh, silent so nobody else. Uh, since last season, though, the cast house did get a dog. And so I don't know what the dog is going to do to that uh that watching circumstance so <laughs> it would be like watching it watching it outside on the walk <laughs> um as far as as far as the batch though i think there's enough i think there's enough where i think it may i think maybe we'll get one or two i i do think that they like to kind of get you reintroduced to how this works, but still, I mean, you know, they're, they're obviously going after Omega, but they also insinuate that some time has elapsed. So I would have to say probably in, in relationship to still looking, they probably have a couple of odd adventures along the way. And I would say probably by the halfway point, you know, it's probably one of those where it kind of gets, it does a little bit of a warm up. And then it's probably all connected from then on in. We did see in the trailer, we did see Omega not in a cell. So I'm assuming mm. at some point you have to figure, okay, you know, wherever that kind of stands is, I would assume that maybe happens a little early. Most of the stuff I kind of assume happens relatively early. Um, that would be another point. It'd be another great question later is when does Asajj show up? Um, but... Mm. I do think we'll get a couple of mini adventures and I think it starts to kind of roll into just because uh, if there were maybe eight episodes, then I would say yes, probably all connected. But I would say with 15 and you have some of them being released in blocks that it probably makes sense that there's some 
mini stories that maybe seem disconnected, but they will all connect in the end. How about yourself? Yeah, actually, I, I was thinking exactly about that release schedule you just noted, and, and I don't think we have it in front of us, so can't recite it uh, verbatim, but people can Google it. It's essentially like a three-episode premiere and then two episodes roughly in the middle together and then a f- two episodes at the same night for the finale. And that, I believe, largely matches in structure the season two release schedule where there was a chunk in the middle that they brought together as kind of an event and then then this. So you're right that that makes me think that that will be those will be kind of big events those moments and then in between we could get some adventure of the week um because i i was leaning on my own question i was leaning towards one big story because of the trailer doesn't reveal much and it's hard to imagine where you tell hunter omega's uh being held captive she's trapped but hey, will you get some Jiba Jorba beans for a <laughs> glop glop that lives on the planet and we'll give you some credits? Like that kind of side mission structure that people have found so frustrated in Mando, I think wouldn't work on these characters if Omega's still in danger. Um, so um, I like the the theory you were just talking about that like maybe that's the opening arc as they get her out. Um Maybe, um, you know, then it's it's really getting on the run uh, or mobilizing the clones or some such. But um, I'd, I don't know what where we would build to. Um, if it's not that, then I also wouldn't hate like an Ocean's Eleven style. Let's gather a team for five or six episodes. <laughs> and maybe some of these people we saw some uh, Fennec Shan, some Cat Bane, they can be hired. And maybe we, you know, put together a big heist and the finale is a big uh, let's break out Omega heist. Uh, that wouldn't be bad either. So no. um, if people were a fan of Marvel's What If, they just did a uh, one of the episodes was essentially Die Hard. And it's like, yeah, let's just do Ocean's Eleven, but it's Omega inside a vault and we'll we'll get her there. So that would be fun. <laughs> Interesting. Now I was able to pull up because uh, uh, one of our compadres did did kind of put this in the feed. I, I dug through it. So it starts off February 21st with three episodes, and then it goes a couple of weeks, and then March 13th will be a double episode, and April 3rd will be a double episode, which is interesting. So, like, I would expect, you know, one or two to beginning, but it's interesting that two or three points, like, like a couple other points, they go with a double episode. Uh, so it's it's kind mm. of interesting, and I'm not going to – I won't go through the – the show titles, because I always kind of find them a little bit of, you know, it's like some of those going, you know, sometimes you see the show title going like, and then they die. You're like, which is not a show title, but it's one of the things <laughs> like just just kind of do like what with uh, Mando and Ahsoka, right? Didn't didn't Mando. What what was the episode? What was the series that you got the show title? Was it Ahsoka that you got it uh, after? Like initially it was like later in the day, later in the day. Yeah. So I almost kind of <laughs> like that better because I, I think sometimes when they leak the show titles, you're like, ah, it's okay. You don't have to do that part. Uh, a schedule would or, be nice. Uh, and then the Mando episode where it was the spies and everybody argued for a week about why yes. it was plural and who was the second spy. And then it, the answer was, it was nobody. And there was just one spy, but, um, yeah, it, it's true. Well, and, and nothing. We are in the 25th anniversary of Phantom Menace year. Happy Phantom Menace year, everybody. Yeah, yeah. And nothing will ever be more infamous than the uh, 
Phantom Menace soundtrack coming out a month beforehand with the track titled Qui-Gon's Noble End. Like, oh, well, I guess he's not the star of episode two. So, uh, you know, uh, I, I think they have learned their lesson over the last 25 years and, and hold things back uh, when they should. It, it did not make um, it uh, out to Saipan, I will say that. Uh, I, I was I, I was not aware of that little anomaly, because uh, living on the other oh. side of the globe, I you know, we were lucky to get the movie to begin with. Uh, and I was just going to add that the 21st as the release date, that is a Wednesday. So, yes. um, you know, I think they, they use the Wednesdays for the Ahsoka episodes, even though they snuck them out at like 9 p.m. the night before. So I bet they do that, but otherwise... Wednesday mornings, early in the morning. See you then to my puppy. <laughs> to your puppy. Your puppy's going to watch a lot of Bad Batch. All right. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. What's the next question? I, I, I really want to keep going back to this. Um, all right. You're going to be the best person to ask this. So I'm going to say uh, almost like, how is Asajj here now? Let's just take that question off the board. <laughs> uh, somehow Asajj Ventus, Ventress <laughs> returned. Uh, yeah, this is a big question. And like I said, the day this dropped, I was kind of off uh, line. And so when I came on and saw like five layers of discourse <laughs> about this, I was like, oh, my goodness, we are having quite a day, Star Wars fans. <laughs> so uh, so the big question is, so if people don't know the whole history on this, I, I'm not going to put on the uh put up the whiteboard and do a full professor cast uh for you but essentially um you know asajj ventress in the end of the clone wars episodes as they aired had left count dooku's uh tutelage and was on her own and kind of drifting and then there was an arc of clone wars episodes that was never produced that uh was handed over to the author uh christy golden uh oh, I think I have that right. Um, and she crafted a book called Dark Disciple. This is a beloved Star Wars book in the new canon, beyond beloved, especially by people who can remember for sure that it was Christy Golden and not Delilah Dawson. I hope you're Googling. <laughs> I'm um, looking in the Kindle app as so, fast as I can. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and this book tells the story of Quinlan Voss essentially recruiting Asajj Ventress to go on adventures. And I am not here to spoil that book for anybody, but I will say it is a very good book. And it is, you know, you can tell it was kind of a three episode arc of Clone Wars that they built together. And that book does eventually lead to, and here's the part I will spoil, the death of Asajj Ventress, including a very moving funeral scene uh, <laughs> that involves not just Quinlan Voss, but uh, hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, which is wonderful. So a lot of fans were immediately enraged that this book had been rewritten, uh, as has some other supposedly canon books and then there was a sound bite clearly made on starwars.com that said the authors of these episodes are aware of Asajj's book fate and they are not going to undo anything from the book dark disciple that this is a continuation of her story and something that they uh, see as fitting with those events i would say the book 
Star Wars community has taken a wait and see attitude <laughs> on that one because you know there have been things before. Um, I think Yaddle's death was was given somewhere else, um, and then we got a version in Tales of the Jedi. And Tales of the Jedi also rewrote a scene from the Ahsoka book, and it was right. close but not exactly the right thing. And um, the start of um, a different book had uh, uh, the Order 66 uh, events with uh, Kanan, which were rewritten by the Bad Batch. So this this show has already committed some canon fouls. So um, people are nervous. I will be honest. I as uh, was clear, I don't remember the events of that book totally well, but it's Star Wars. And hey, maybe I want to bring this up later. But until you see a body, and even if you see a body, <laughs> it's probably not safe to count somebody as dead. So I think there is a way to bring her back. I love this character. I think she's super fun. If she's in the mix, she better find her way to Tatooine and trade some uh, dialogue with uh, Obi-Wan in hiding uh, somehow. Uh, so I'm I'm here for it, and I'm here for good storytelling, but um, I totally understand that there's a large group of Star Wars fans that were told the books are just as meaningful as everything else, and they took that and it really matters to them that that is respected. And I think they've had their uh, fingers trampled on a few times. So I'm sympathetic to that. Agreed, agreed. And as I was looking, and Christy Golden, yes, is the author of Dark Disciple. Yes. I Ooh. also can see that uh, I have made it to page uh, 106 of 317. And that was, I think, my last. I think I've tried to start this book three or four times, um, which doesn't mm. indict the book. I enjoyed it, and I enjoy the premise and uh, I like Quinlan Voss as a character. I like Asajj Ventress as a character. Uh, and, you know, it's funny when you go back and look at the cover of Dark Disciple, then you're like, oh, wow, she looks kind of like that uh, in, in the little snippet we've seen. So, um, like, you know, Tom Gross and some of the other folks that we've talked to, I think this has been kind of one of those like, hey, it's probably a good idea to go back and reread or read for the first time or get the audiobook for Dark Disciple. <laughs> and for me, yes, having gone through this, I'm like, you know what? Um, sitting and reading a little Star Wars is not the worst thing in the world, and, you know, finishing Heir to the Empire after 30 years, I can tell you that Legends material can be just as entertaining uh, as stuff that supposedly is canon, at least for now. Uh, so as, as I'm trying to read, was it Brian Dennehy, um, not Brian Dennehy's, Delaney's... Um, Daily. Brian Daly's, thank you. Uh, Han Solo at Star's End. I'm just trying to start that to get some of those old, 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 you know, uh, pocketbooks up. Uh, at any rate, but yeah, I would, I'll be curious and, you know, I think going back to it, I think what we have, we have a couple weeks. Um, I think at least getting a little bit into Dark Disciple wouldn't hurt because I think that I might enjoy some of the nuances, although I'm sure that like with anything else, I'll enjoy it. Whether or not I really know what the full backstory is or not, I don't think that really will hurt me one way or the other. And, you know, having gone through, you know, some of the Ahsoka book, yes, and A New Dawn and some of the other uh, books that I have seen where it's like, well, okay, that you know, it's basically, it's almost like, it's like a placeholder. It's a canon placeholder, as it were, until they until they can tell it, you know, or they may go back to it. So it's it's kind of interesting. And if you want to be the, the kid on your block that knows the real difference, good on you, man. That's all I got to say. Yeah. Some, some nerd who, like, keeps their eye on canon. <laughs> ah, what a nerd. Let's stuff them in a locker. Uh, I was just going to note. Um, I, was, 
I was just listening to our good friend uh, Becca on uh, Tarkus Top Shelf uh, with with her co-host Mark, and they had Pablo Hidalgo on um, as well as uh, his co-author's name is Emily something that starts with an S uh, on the the new visual guide, and um, Pablo said Han Solo at Star's End is his favorite novel Ooh. of Star Wars. And he made a very interesting point, which is that those early paperbacks have the speed and the breeziness of A New Hope. And I, I really liked that point that, yeah, I look, I'll read the 900 page New Jedi Order book. I think that came out. Uh, it was at least 800. But that's not what Star Wars was. Star Wars was mm-hmm. fast and light. So, uh, yeah, stick to stick to those little uh, pulpy paperbacks. I think that's a great idea. Uh, all right. What's your what's your next question there, Dr. Cass? Let's go with I've referred to this before. So to me, as I, you know, I, I think Asajj is absolutely the headline of the trailer. That should be what everybody talked about. It, it got everybody excited. But I want to ask about in the middle, we get a long stretch of Palpatine dialogue. Mm-hmm. And it sure sounds like Ian McDermott coming back, which he did not do a lot of Clone Wars, but has been a pretty good sport about coming back whenever called of late. Um, those Disney uh, bank trucks uh, know the way to his <laughs> house at this point. Um, so he talks in the middle about how your mission is the most important uh, goal uh, for the survival of the Empire. You will have spare no expense, right? You will have whatever resources you require. Greg, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> or who is he talking to? What is this? Uh, and, you know, it seems like it, it seems like a, a simple response. But even I was looking, you know, when I was putting together my questions, you know, as, as far as like, how far will this go? And what are they going to show? But you know, when I went back and, you know, I, I hate freezing a trailer, but in this case I had to because that scene of them uh, on the, on the you know, walking amongst the stormtroopers and going back and going, okay, there's, oh, I didn't realize Nala Say was in that. Oh, there's Dr. Hemlock along, because you just see the Royal Guards and, and, and Palpatine, that's about it. You know, speaking of, you know, legends and things like Dark Empire uh, about, you know, the Emperor's cloning project and, you know, how that relates to Snoke, one could say very easily, okay, he's trying to figure out, are they trying to figure out the process? Or is it known that, is it really known that they're trying to clone him? You know, it, it's interesting mm. that, you know, because I'm sure he kind of keeps stuff tight to the vest. And of course, Hemlock was in on that, you know, that Mount, that Tantas sort of inner circle thing. But, you know, the easy, the easy answer would be, all right, we're trying to figure out how to clone me, but do they really know that? Um, or are they trying mm. to do clone other things? Um, one would assume that the Emperor, you know, unlike other like his master Darth Plagueis, you know, who uh, well died in his sleep, so we didn't know how long he was going to live. But you know, the Emperor is certainly curious about like extending his life, but what kind of life? the life that he leads right now where he needs a cane or like if you see some of the old dark empires where it's like, you know, a nice, you know, six packed, you know, palps coming out of one of the, one of the tubes. Uh, you know, he's, he's our lawyer. He looks like he's been working out for three or four years. So yeah, the question mm-hmm. is, is that my, my, my response is, is like, 
does everybody know it's just him? Does he know it's him? Or do they, are they just figuring like, hey, we want to clone troopers that last longer? What do you think? Yeah, um, I like that idea that, that this is his, uh, like, get the uh, the team amped for the weekly sales conference or something <laughs> as he arrives at, at Mount Tantus and gets them all excited about what they're doing. That makes that makes a lot of uh, sense to me. Um, I, it, that, and then your, your further wrinkle has me stammering because I do like that idea of they might be working really hard at Mount Tantus, not knowing what they are exactly doing or why they're doing it. So I think the, him talking to Mount Tantus makes a lot of sense. And we should remember that nothing comes from legends to canon cleanly, but <laughs> Mount Tantus was a storehouse in heir to the empire, right? It w was full of right. weapons and starships and, and materials um, and uh, clones of, uh, in this case, Joris Sebaoth, uh, which, you know, you, said you just read that book. Uh, and so all of that, um, what, so is that what this Mount Tantus is, or is this Mount Tantus more just a research station of some kind? So that makes sense to me. My other theory is you had me thinking from your earlier comments about if they break Omega out in the first, uh, group of episodes, maybe this is his tommy lee jones speech to get them to hunt her down right i want uh, checkpoints every quarter mile and road <laughs> six and three road six and five i want every hen house dog house and outhouse search i think he could be trying to to recapture um her and making them understand that her genetic makeup is the key to like you said more troopers longer life if she really I, I still haven't given up on the theory that she is the first force sensitive clone. Um, and so if that or something else, because because to me, that's what uh, Dr. Pershing is working to replicate, you know, uh, 20 years from now, <laughs> which is how do we get midi chlorians? It's gosh, it's so easy to conflate Hemlock and Pershing as the same guy. Yeah. Sorry, Frank Mulder, who I'm sure would be insulted by that comment or will be insulted by that comment, but, um, the world's number one Dr. Uh, Pershing fan. But, um, you know, there's, there's some shared goals, some shared, not literal shared DNA there, but some shared cap character, uh, motivation. So I, I wonder if, if this really is a part of that, um, could they go so bold as Palpatine's dying and the Palpatine we know in return to the Jedi is actually a clone that they created Mount Tantus. I mean, they could. Uh, I'm ready for the internet to burn down with <laughs> Star Wars fanboy rage, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, do it with no film in sight. That's probably the best thing. He's like, let's just test the wires to see. No, 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 they still don't like that kind of stuff. All right, hold off on that movie for now. Um, all right, I'll, I'll piggyback off that question um, with, with another one on my list is like, uh, because I, I don't mind I don't mind us going a little bit on the weeds on this. How far do you think the experiments get during this series? <laughs> uh, that's a really interesting question. So I, I this goes back to what I said about how Star Wars shows find themselves at the core of like Star Wars storytelling. 
And I think if this story, if Bad Batch is going to live on with a really big legacy in Star Wars fandom, I think something about what's going on here really has to pave mm. the way for the First Order, right? Not anytime soon, right? It is still going to take the 30 canonical years it takes. Um, but I think something big has to be unlocked here. The other side of the balance is this is a show that is for all ages and it's a child being experimented on <laughs> and you cannot get that dark. Um, you know, uh, I was, I, I, I just had the absolute pleasure of showing my wife Andor over the last month or so mm. we, we pieced through it slowly and remembering how dark that show got at times Bix's torture, um, was really like, deeply upsetting when it comes down to it almost as upsetting as uh Edie Karn berating you as if you're her <laughs> own son um and so like that's that's the Andor brand and if it if there was something that dark happening to Omega that would be far over the line for mm -hmm. for this show so I well I, I don't want to tip my hand on another question I have so I'll, I'll <laughs> keep it a, a little vague but I will say I think that they are going to have some discovery made that directly leads to that means we can transfer force powers or something like that. Like a piece of what will eventually become, to your point, Snoke and eventually somehow Palpatine returned. And all of that has still been left very vague. Um, but I think that that matters. And so I, I will also say that that makes me think Mount Tantus here is more of a um, research outpost than a stockpile to to go to that earlier comment mm -hmm. but um we have uh on the live action side of the the things we have a, a blue guy who just came back with a whole bunch of dead witches who could use some <laughs> force powers and you know so i i think i think it would be naive to assume there's not a tie of bad batch into the kind of mandalorian web of storytelling especially with Pershing and Grogu and all of that going on. But I think we have to hit a big research milestone here in order to get to those later stages and have Bad Batch be remembered. Answer your own question, fools. Stop all right. giving me hard things. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because going back and watching the season, fina the, the season two finale, you know what, when Hemlock's trying to persuade Nala Say to help him out, she's kind of like, you know, what they're asking can't be done. Um, so it's, you know, on the one hand, the Empire has to gain back the knowledge that they sent to the bottom of Camino, because uh, I'm sure there was a lot of research that went down with or whatever they didn't take. But also there's the expertise of, of the Kaminoans. But the second part is to get past just making a regular clone. So where I'm still sort of on the fence whether or not now someone's going to go back and watch the uh, listen to the episodes and, and find where I actually said I think she's force sensitive. I'm still not quite sure she's there. At least at this mark, go back and find, go back and download all my episode, all the episodes, and, and listen back and see if I can <laughs> contradict myself. Please, I could use the downloads. But um, I'm, you know, yeah, I do think that for the show's legacy, something's really going to have to come out. And I think you know, if you're writing your own ending then you're missing an opportunity if you don't get, you know, I mean, what? Because um, Snoke started, apparently, according to the comics, what Snoke started working on um, young Ben Solo, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't, you know, he had some years before. So 
you know, do we, I don't know if we get to Snoke um, or if we get something to go, hey, is that, you know, it's going to be one of those last things where it's going to be the last, you know, 10 seconds on screen in the Bad Batch where they look at it, they look at it and go like, hey, that looks like, boop. And, and at the end you're like, ah. <laughs> um, but there, but that's. That guy sounds like Kino Loy. Who is that? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> one way out. Uh, which was like, which was exactly like the Dunkin' Donuts I was the other day that has basically one way to get in the place and one way to get out of the place. You have to be on. You can't cross the, anyway. Uh, but that that was one way out. Um. Anyway, all right. Hmm. Whose turn is it? Mine. Yeah, I think it's yours. It's like I do a show for a living. Um, oh wait, no, it's not. It's me. It's I was me, gonna say because you asked that one. Okay. Yeah, that's that's my error. Uh, all right, I only have two left on my sheet, and they're kind of biggies. So, um, I noticed that uh, our old friend, pause while I open the tab on Google, Doctor Emery Carr, the female clone doctor, who uh, okay. we do know is a a sister. Sister, Sister, you have a no, but not a twin. Uh, but we do know she is a clone, and this was uh, if I had a called it moment last season, that was it. That I saw that one coming, and I said the voice may be a little different, but I think I smell a clone. Um, so which side do you think she chooses? Does she go with the brothers, or does she stay loyal to the Empire? Because she's on the wrong side at the moment, but it seems like these clones care a little bit more about each other than orders what do you I think lo- i love it uh that's i think our first um you got one of my questions uh of of the season <laughs> i like that that takes it off the board because my question was will omega's sister or sisters help her in the end um mm. i think she's definitely going to be working on him and you know it's it's kind of interesting because it's almost like we dance around going how much more are we going to know? How much more are we going to find out about Omega in this series is another great question. But I do think that these sisters are the key and I'm looking for some, uh, one or two great, you know, exposition scenes where they kind of talk about like, this is what happened. This is why we're here. Um, but obviously Omega is Omega for a reason and she's a special version of them. But I do think, I do think, like anything else, you spend enough time with Omega, you're on Team Omega. So I would say yes. I think one one or more will crack, um, or sh- spending enough time around because they'll see the relationships that she has developed and how she's grown, even for her, you know, obviously accelerated age. But I think they'll find that she's a little different. So I do think that I think they will crack. What about you? I I mean, yeah, this whole show is about brotherhood. And I mean, obviously, we're talking about female characters, but, you know, camaraderie. And I see I see all the clones reunited. Wouldn't that be fantastic if the final arc is just called Attack of the Clones <laughs> and they all reunite and come back together? And maybe it's, you know, we can call in Rex. We can call in Cody. We can call in... Um, fill in the the blanks right like all the clones we know are still out there somewhere and bring them all together and i think the sisterhood would have to join in with that and uh be a part of that um is it possible that that's how they start to figure out the location of omega i mean it seems natural that 
if you were part of torturing and experimenting on a child, you would break and try to do whatever you could to save that child, no matter what, let alone if it was your little sister. So, uh, yeah, this was a gimme for me. I, I think this is bank on it, right? That that's the way that's that's the connection they're not expecting. That's true. That's true. Hmm. Ross in the uh, in the chat uh, was asking if this episode involves the jar of M and M's. So that's an Easter egg for Easter egg for some of you out there. However, comma um, that that that's worthy of an Instagram post at some point. Um, I'll, I'll leave it I will. I haven't shared that. <laughs> oh, I was trying. All right. Mm, most, I think I would say most of the stuff I'm on, like, you know, I think early on I was kind of like, I had to go back and look again as far as Sid's place in this and considering Sid's betrayal at the end of the last season. I'm not really sure unless they have a happier ending that we will see Sid. I think Fee is our... Um, guide for this one, and we really haven't talked too much about Fia. That she had uh, basically mm. one scene in. Um, here, let, let me let me finish uh, kind of up with this one. I did have a question about the yellow lightsaber visage, uh, but I don't know whether is that um, discussed in Dark Disciple. Do we know? Good question. I do not recall the yellow lightsaber being mentioned there, but. Do not hold me to that. I will go. I know she's holding a lightsaber on the color, cover, but I, I can't recall the color of it. It is. Uh, in uh, looking at I it, it looks say, yellow. It does look yellow. Okay. Um, and yellow, uh, you know, obviously has new significance because that's what Ray lands on, but mm. is considered kind of a neutral color, um, you know, for, for Jemple, Jedi Temple Guardians. And... Um, also, uh, in the comics recently, Luke has been wielding a yellow one, which has been very fun because that matches his original action figure, uh, which is, is part of the fun going on there. Um, I was just going to say, in terms of fee, you don't hire Wanda Sykes unless yes, uh, you you're going to give her a lot of work. Uh, you plan to use her. And Rhea Perlman, Sid, I'm sure is retired because she's sitting on Barbie money now. And if she even <laughs> got one-tenth of one percent of that film's gross... I think she's good. She's set forever, just in case the Cheers money ever ran out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I was like, how many points did she get for Barbie? Um, an interesting, um, a great role, very washed over if you read the Wikipedia page for that character. However, um, who am I to mm. to dash on the Barbie parade uh, or the Barbenheimer uh, parade? <laughs> so the, the crowds have spoken. So, yes. Um, how, how, what a great role for her, but I do think you're right. I think that we will see a little bit and I, I think she will stay loyal. I think Tech's death, um, meant, uh, is going to mean a lot to her. So I, I got a feeling she's not going to turn like Sid did. Well, you're queuing me up for the last question I have on my paper. What you and got? you can tell what it is now. Is he dead? Is so we get a shot of a clone who's 
geared up. We don't know who it is. It could be kind of a crosshair redesign. It could be somebody different. But there's a shot of a clone in front of a, a Legion that I think a lot of the internet thinks is tech. Wow. I think once we saw the goggles, we knew they got the body, right? Like if they found the goggles, yeah, they were there. And we know these folks like to clone. So it could be tech. It could be a clone of tech. It could be some other clone. It could just be Criminy Gleep Glorp, our new bounty hunter of the week, uh, who's unrelated to, to anything. Um, so that's my question. Are we going to see tech again and fold fee into that? Because wouldn't that be a good reason to keep that character around? And wouldn't it be a great final shot of cocktails oh, on Pabu? <laughs> Well, and you also bring up a good point of like, you know, they obviously recovered the body because they, they, they'd thrown the glasses at Hunter. Um, but as far as getting, you know, samples and whatnot, the body doesn't necessarily have to be alive, maybe. So they could have <laughs> still pulled genetic material out or he was just alive enough for them maybe to keep him in some kind of stasis. I'm going really off on a limb here. So, yeah, I would think <laughs> that that would be a great uh, twist that you, you know, you've already proven that you could create, like we saw back in earlier Bad Batch episodes, where you could create kind of like these kamikaze-type clones, a kamikaze-type tech uh, would be an interesting, uh, a really great twist to this. So, you know what? I was kind of convinced we wouldn't, but you know what? I think you've turned me on that, and I do think whether we see evil tech, uh, evil tech, or you know, you know, suspended tech, it'll be very interesting. We obviously know we see a very disheartened uh, crosshair who we haven't even mentioned. You know, in, amazingly enough, getting up on the hour uh, that we've been doing this, but um, so so many great arcs that we have. To do, and thankfully, 15 episodes to talk about mm -hmm. um, over the course of. Probably a good time to mention as well that we will uh, the schedule for us. Uh, we've been we've been lucky enough to get through two Bad Batch seasons. Now, obviously, if there are schedule conflicts and whatnot, we can always recruit in uh, folks, and we always have the opportunity to bring in guests. We've had a, a plethora of them before uh, that can come in and sit with. Uh, which makes it nice because it's kind of like talking around the talking around the breakfast table, uh, and uh, so which is also an invitation for previous guests to slide into Greg McLaughlin's DMs now. If you want to be a part of our final season of Bad Batch, uh, whether you've been it with us before, but if if you've always wanted to jump on and have some breakfast with us, please don't hesitate to to find at Rebel Base Card on your social media platform of choice or Greg at rebel, rebelbasecard.com. I listen to the plugs like everybody wow. else. That's right. Uh, and uh, make sure you speak up, because we uh, can always fill an hour ourselves, but we'd love to hear from all of you. And that's a special invite to some of our old faithfuls who like to quietly email questions, but <laughs> should get on a microphone and join us. So and please, please don't be shy. I have a lot of spare uh, Skype and Zoom channels uh, that are just waiting. And I am curious, uh, even if you don't want to come on, I am curious what were your questions about the trailer. You can, like I said, uh, Greg did a very nice job of, uh, of telling people where you can find us at. Uh, let us know what you thought of the trailer and what your questions are. Dr. Cass, I know this, isn't got, this can't be the only podcast you do this week. So where else can people find you these days? 
Uh, well, I was just on the latest Long Take Review pl- podcast talking about American Fiction, which is actually my number one movie of 2023. Ooh. Again, this has become the anti-Barbenheimer <laughs> podcast, but <laughs> this one took the cake for me, and uh, Jen and I broke it down. Uh, that was released on Monday, January, whatever Monday was, 29th, I think. Uh, and so uh, uh, that is a great discussion about that film. My ongoing Wheel of Time podcast continues. We are uh, about 20% through book number four, which is about a 1,000 pages long. (laughs) So we'll be in book four for a long time. But the whole arc of those books uh, is up, as well as some episodes about the television series Wheel of Time, if you're not a book reader but want to see that. So that show is called Through the Glass Columns, and it's available wherever you want. And uh, Greg and I were both on a recent Coffee with Kenobi, a little uh, breakfast on uh, with coffee, I guess. Did we steal breakfast from him? I, it's like I had never pieced that together. But it, unintentional funny, but we at best. On, <laughs> yeah. And we were uh, on discussing uh, what makes uh, a good Star Wars story uh, sometime in January. So people can look that up. But it's very clearly marked. And Dan was a fantastic host, even though he immediately regretted having two Gregs on at the same time and making it very clunky to, to pass it back and forth. But it was a great time. And, and Greg's about to say something self-deprecating, but he's wrong. He was awesome. <laughs> and it was a great discussion. So that's what you get when you have your podcast with a side of Gregs. Uh, but yes, I would say it was it, it was fun being on. And, you know, like we do we do this in, in, in this format, but it's always fun being on on another show. And, yeah, it was it was a tough you know, it was it was a very simple question. What makes a good Star Wars film? But it, it uh, provoked some very tough uh, comments. And, yeah, I was like, wow, I am stacked uh, with some great talent here. And it was a, it was a fun episode to be on. I appreciate Dan. And, of course, we had him uh, had him just briefly on the Steam and the Star Wars podcast that we had done down at uh, Washington Community High School, which was a blast. Um, that's that's been in the feed as well. And of course, coming up uh, here pretty close, we have Star Wars Podcast Day on February 7th. I'll be recording that show this weekend with some uh, lovely guests that we're going to be having on. I uh, won't spoil it for anybody, but it's uh, it should be a fun show, and that'll come out. So this will come out uh, very soon after we're done, and then uh, the next episode of the podcast will come out on February 7th, uh, Star Wars Podcast Day. Uh, be looking for some ads on that. And you're going to see a lot of your favorite podcasts uh, that are going to be a part of that as well. As a matter of fact, one thing that we will be returning to uh, when we start up the regular Breakfast Pack show is we always like to highlight, um, as we just did, uh, other podcasts that we like to listen to and comments that they had made about the uh, previous show. And so a lot of times I won't listen to some of the podcasts talking about the episode until we've done ours. And then I go back and listen to what other folks had to say. And that's always kind of enjoyment. And we always like giving them kind of plugs. But anyway, I would love to have this go longer. Uh, but we actually have to get back to some real work and get some podcasts. I know I've got a, a Kobe cast episode already queued up, um, that is just waiting for me to, to listen to. And it was fun hearing, uh, the reactions podcast talk about central Florida comic-con. They had Mary and Chaz down there. Uh, so con season woo, already underway. All right. But for Dr. Cass and myself, my name is Greg McLaughlin, and we're going to return you to your podcast playlist. Already in progress. This podcast is not affiliated in any way with Tops, Disney, or Star Wars. 
nor is it endorsed by Disney or Lucasfilm, and is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. All names and sounds, and any other related items, are properties of their respective trademarks and or copyright holders here in the U.S. and abroad. The official Star Wars website can be found at www.starwars.com. That's it.